Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 74 of the Crochet Circle podcast. I hope you're all well. I hope you're doing okay. Um, Obviously, there are world events that are happening at the moment between Russia and Ukraine, which are absolutely awful, and you you can't sit down to record a podcast without even like without mentioning it because the state of affairs for Ukraine and for the people of Russia who do not agree with Putin's um actions is really awful. Like lives have been diminished, lives have been lost, it is horrendous. Um like <laughs> It's an awful situation, but it's not one that I propose to go into in great deal here because this is this is not the channel for it. Um, so, yeah, sorry, but and I need to shift gear change other than to say that if you're somehow listening in or watching in from Ukraine um, or Russia, then, like, you have my warmest regards. Um... Obviously, as long as you're not a Putin supporter, you don't agree with invading another country. Right, let's get into the crochet side of things. I spoke last month about a piece of work that I wanted to do for a blog post. I've mentioned it a few times, actually, and I've done little bits and pieces of work towards it over um, a few garments I've made. And I finally kind of concluded all of that work. It was quite an in-depth study. And it's about how to add knitted rib to crocheted fabric. So the reason that I wanted to do this is that not everybody is that comfortable with doing crocheted rib. It can be a bit of a bind to add it on afterwards because you're essentially crocheting in rows if you use the standard method. And you're adding it, if you're doing it afterwards, you're adding it onto your fabric in rows usually for something that's circular and I personally just find it a little bit easier to knit rib rows in round to something that's in the round so I've done a load of work on what that looks like under three different scenarios and I'm just going to very briefly talk you through it here I've provided a full blog post and when I say full I, I, I mean full like I've given so many examples with all of the swatches that I have made and I've given um, photographic samples and I've also pulled together three video tutorials on how you would add um, the crocheted rib to, sorry, the knitted rib to the crochet. It's quite difficult to keep on top of it all. (laughs) Um, So the way that I've split it down is that... um, It's how to crochet onto a knitted rib that has already been done in the round. How to then knit rib off crochet that has already been done in the round. And the reason that I've segmented those two is because it's two slightly different set of instructions. And also with that you're going stitch on stitch. So for um, crocheting onto knit, you're matching stitch for stitch. For knitting off of crochet, you're matching stitch for stitch. So it's very obvious to see where it is that your hook or needle should be going into. Where it gets slightly more complicated, but don't worry, I have got your back, is when you have worked a piece of crochet up in rows, joined it to make a round, so to make a tube, where then do you put your your needle to add the ribbing? 
And so I've looked at that, I've done multiple samples and I did it across double crochet, SC in US terminology. Um, I've got three samples for that. And I've also got samples for um, half treble crochet, half double crochet US and treble crochet, double crochet US. And I've done it with, you know, as you would expect, thorough. I don't just do it in one needle size. I've also done it in two needle sizes to show you how much more it pulls in if you reduce down um, a needle size again. And also I've done it um, with different stitch ratios. So if you're working into your row ends, do you pick up one stitch for every row that you have made? Or does it look better if the ratio is slightly different? And all of that information is in this blog post with photographic evidence so you can make your mind up because what I prefer, and I have listed what I prefer um, within the blog post, but you might be looking for a slightly different look. So for instance, if you're doing a puffed sleeve, you might want to reduce your stitch ratio and your um, the needle size that you use. But for all of the samples I made, I was using a double knit weight yarn at 220 meters per 100 grams and I used a four millimeter hook and then for each of the samples I um, did it with a four millimeter needle off the four millimeter hook and a 3.5 millimeter needle off the four millimeter hook so you can see the difference in size and there is a difference but again I have photographed all of this I have documented it all and it is all there for your viewing and uh, reading pleasure. It's probably about an eight minute read to go through all of the information and um, that is detailed. So if you are, let's say, working on garments or socks, and you really don't want to do um, crocheted ribbing, then go and take a look at that blog post because it will show you the best way to um, actually come off it in rib, come off it in crochet and what types of rib you might want to do. I also tested it obviously with two different types of rib. So I worked with a one by one rib which is one knit stitch, one purl stitch, one knit, one purl, one, one knit. And I also tested it with a two by two rib which is two knit, two purl, two knit, two purl, two knit, two purl. Um, the one that looks most like crochet ribbing is a one by one knit stitch. So if what you're trying to emulate is what is in um, most crochet patterns, I would say a lot of them use a slip stitch crochet rib or a double crochet, single crochet US rib. And if you're doing that, then a one by one knitted rib is the closest thing to that. Um, so yeah, Go and have a look at that blog post. There will also, by the time I get this uh, podcast up and done and edited, I will also have a YouTube video uh, available and I, I'm hoping to embed that in the blog post as well. So, loads of information for you to go at. I can't hope to get it over and across to you within this podcast. So if this is something you're interested in, then go and take a look at it. But if I was going to kind of distill it down into what my favourites were, I would say knitting the rib on whatever hook size you're going to use for the main fabric of your garment is what gives the nicest finish, I think. 
Um, I didn't have a particular favourite between 1x1 one one rib and 2x2 two two rib. It just depends on what it is that you're making. For a bigger, bulkier piece, I might be swayed towards a 2x2 two two rib rather than a 1x1. One one. And I have a definite preference for a stitch ratio if you're working on the crocheted row ends rather than the stitches in the round is to have one stitch per row end for double crochet and I think it was um, three stitches for every two row ends for half treble and four stitches for every two row ends for treble. That was what I felt gave the neatest look, didn't make it pucker too much and just gave a, like what you would expect from a rib if you weren't trying to get any particular um, design techniques, then that is like a really standard way of adding your rib. All of that is documented in the post for you to go and have a look at. It's ridiculous though, like I'm holding in my hand a wedge of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, a wedge of seven swatches of crochet with knitting rib. And what this actually translates to is about four days worth of work. So when I say it's detailed, I really mean it's detailed. Um, there's a lot of work that goes into this research and information. Um, and I do it gladly to bring on our uh, crochet community. Um, but as you know, I am thorough. So when I do something, I'm not doing it by halves. So I'm creating a body of work for us all to go to and use and push our craft forward as a community. So. I have done the work for you. As far as I can see, nobody else has ever pulled together a blog post like this. Like globally, I couldn't really find anything on the internet. I could find reference to it, but I couldn't find anybody that had documented um, it, swatched it, gauged it, looking at things like in the round and going into row ends. And I think the row ends one is really important because as more and more crochet designers do garments, then we're going to see more vertical garments made and information like this really comes into its own at that point. So, yeah, knock yourselves out and go and look up some crochet rib blog. <laughs> right, let's look at some finished objects in Final Destination. I have finished my fall into winter blanket. I think last month I was saying that I just needed to finish off the border and that I was going to add tassels. I made a tassel and I just, <laughs> I didn't like it. I really love what other people do with tassels, but like I really err on the side of things that are quite, <sighs> basic is an unfair way of putting it. I really like things that are, <laughs> what's, what, what's a fair way of putting it? Th they don't overdo it. I like simple things and simple designs are really hard to make. It's really easy to throw all the things at a design, but actually paring it back and distilling it right back to something which is like classy and paired back is, is really quite difficult. So I tried it with one tassel on and I was just like, no, 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 that's like, that's, that's just too much. And also they're really yarn hungry. And the point of this, blanket is to not have um, like an excessive yarn at the end of it. So I have finished it um, I'm hoping that it will be published next week but I, my lovely tech editor Deb has been um, a little unwell 
and so I haven't got it back yet, but it's coming. It'll be out when it's out. Um, like there's no rush on this, but it, it is a finished object, which I'm rather uh, pleased about. Like I have visions of using this and getting our, um, we've got like a chimney thing outside and visions of being snuggled around this while the chimney is lit and we're just like snuggling in the spring um, at our little walled corner over there under a blanket would be rather lovely. So done and dusted. I'll let you know next time when the pattern's um, gone out and be ready. One of the reasons I wanted to show you it is because I also worked on another version of it, just using the same kind of stripe motif with the linen stitch as the fall into winter blanket, but just making it as a bigger one panel. This version that I'm holding up is in four colors. Four? Yeah, four colours. So it's a dark charcoal grey, cream, a light grey, and then a like a light sagey green colour. And I made it using the Debbie Bliss Merian yarn. I had some of this left over for some from some magazine commissions I um, undertook. And it is 50% wool and 50% acrylic. It is a roving yarn, so it's just one strand. And it's got quite a nice twist on it very fluffy and very warm and I actually made this for a friend who is having a baby because I figured it will do initially as like a play mat and somewhere that the baby can be put down on and then as the baby grows up actually it's the next size up for like a, a nice big um, cot blanket or end of the bed blanket so it's not quite finished because I need to wash and block it but um, I just really like the use of the stripes and I changed the stripe ratios a little bit for this version um, but I, I like it as a great stash buster which was one of the things that I wanted to do. I, want, I wanted to make this person something for like them and their baby but um, I'm, try, I'm just trying to use through some yarn and this is so lovely and chunky and soft. Now it does say it's hand wash, <laughs> which obviously you don't want for a baby, but I know that this person has got a wool wash function on their washing machine. So I'm going to test it in mine first. So they don't know this is coming to them and they may never get it if I manage to felt and <laughs> warp this in my washing machine, because there's no point in sending it to them if it can't just be flung into the wash. So. That is my plan, and I've got more of this yarn, so I might actually, I might actually make them uh, like a little pram blanket as well. Um, yeah, yeah, we'll see. So that was another quick effort. I think that took me like just a couple of nights. It was maybe about a four-hour make. It wasn't. It really wasn't too much, and I was making that during the Winter Olympics, which I just. I loved, I absolutely loved. I watched the curling. Um, I was watching it all on BBC Catch Up on iPlayer and I was deliberately just watching the women's sports so that I am um, kind of helping, hopefully, to show the BBC that what, what people want to see are more women's sports on Catch Up or on the BBC in general. So I um, yeah, exclusively watched women's curling and... 
um, a few other bits, but always women's sports. And that's what I was doing while like trying not to bite my nails um, as I was uh, working on this blanket. <laughs> Come on, Team GB, and even your head. Just, I loved it. Hopefully, like, maybe we've got some more curling fans or people who want to go and try curling after seeing the Winter Olympics. It's so much fun as a sport. It's very strategic and it's very precise. Um, but if you have got a hankering to try it, uh, go and see if you've got a local rink. Because honestly, I used to curl when I was younger, when I was growing up in uh, in Stranraer in South West Scotland. And it was just, it was so much fun and really hard work. It is not just flinging a stone up an ice rink. It's really hard work, especially if you're a sweep. Uh, yeah, it's full on sport, but a lot of fun. So, baby blanket stroke playmat was uh, finished object number one. I like how graphic it is as well. That's the other thing that I like about um, that blanket pattern. And then finished object next one are my Segway socks. They have finished. I've had a request in from Claudia in Germany to see a video of me putting them on. So I'm going to add that to Instagram actually. So if you want to see how they are when they're on, there will be a little video on Instagram. And um, I mean, one of the things I want to mention, because people might get the wrong idea, you can see that there's a lot of structure to this crocheted sock. It uses front post and back post um, stitches, which in themselves bring a thickness and a structure. But these socks, if I pull the sole out, I put a photo of this up on on Instagram, they sit up on their own. They have that much structure, you can make the sock actually sit up. So it would be easy to think that that means that they're going to be uncomfortable to wear or that they're too thick or that they're too rigid and it would be difficult to get on your foot. I mean, that's ju it's just not true though. There's quite a bit of give in them. They are actually really flexible um, and they are comfy to wear. I because as always, I have not yet worn these properly in my wellies, even though I was out in the garden last weekend. I haven't worn them though because I like to be able to show you things off in their pristine form before I get mud and twigs and thorns and all the things over them. So um, I do have a finished pair of Segway socks. The yarn is, um, it's a Russian based yarn, 100% wool that I was given from my lovely friend Stasia, who lives um, lives in Russia. And it's um, really warm, like really warm. These are kind of a heavy lace weight going into sport weight um, at 365 meters per 100 grams, I think it is, which is a heavier wool than I would normally use for socks. But these are going into my uh, willy boots. This is, this is what I wanted them for, to keep my feet warm and to make my welly boots a little bit snugger. Um, if you're looking to try a pair of crocheted socks, and I know some of you are, then my top tips would be to get gauge, because that's going to make your life so much easier. I didn't want a lot of negative ease on these socks. I didn't want them to be um, like tight across my feet. So I pretty much went with the measurements in Deanne's um, Adidas designs pattern 
that was very similar to the circumference of my foot. I used stitch counters all the way through the heel. The heel, I often think, is the most complicated part of a crocheted and a knitted sock, to be fair. And using stitch markers for every single row will just keep you right. It honestly makes a massive difference. So when you start, just make sure you have a handful of stitch markers ready to go. And also, I would say, depending on the sock and the weight of yarn that you're using, but be prepared to use more than 100 grams. My knitted socks generally tend to be about 65 grams. This one, I think for this pair, is somewhere about um, 105, 110 grams. So I am using more wool, but again, we're using front post and back post. So I would expect more wool to be um, used for these. And the soles also use um, double crochet, so do the toes and so do the heels. And again, that's a, a crochet stitch that tends to use a bit more yarn because it's quite dense, but perfect for socks. This wool doesn't have any nylon in it, which is another reason why I went for a denser sock. They will still wear, I think, incredibly well. They'll be lovely and warm. Um, and I'm happy that they will wear well, even without nylon, because I've crocheted them and because they are quite nice and dense. But they are uh, they are proper chunky, lovely um, woolly wool socks. They're in this, I also just love the colour of them. They're quite, I think probably the right term is a melange of colours. They're not, it's not that it's a tweedy wool, but it has a tweedy effect when you um, crochet them together. So it's got like a steely blue, brown and a muted rusty orange in there. And so they have, they're just lovely. Um, I'm well, I'm out in the garden this weekend, hopefully. So these will finally, I'll finally be allowed to wear them because I've shown them off for you and videoed them for you. So, yep. Segway socks by um, Diane at Adidas Designs. They're lovely. They're really like my these are my best crochet socks to date. And Diana is a great designer, so like I have I have faith in her socks. So go and have a look at what she's got if you're in the market for some crocheted sock patterns. Let's do some on routes. I have got how many have I got? few bits and pieces that I want to talk to you about, a couple that I can show you. I have just finished up a couple of weeks back. I was doing some training with Sandra, who is Nomad Stitches, and many of you will have heard of Sandra. She is a crochet and knitwear designer, and she does a lot of garments. She has a new garment book that is coming out in April, which I'm hoping to stock, so if you're looking for it, I will have it in the shop. Um, and she just does really nice crocheted garments and she was doing a training course on garment sizing and grading and myself Rosina has spoken about this on Instagram Rosina was in the training as well and a few other people that I know because I really want to do garments I know I did the skirt for Murit but I mean like I want to do garment tops I want to be able to design crochet cardigans jumpers all sorts of things and I didn't just quite have the confidence to know what I was doing I knew that I could sit for hours and work it out but um like I put a lot of store by 
into training and personal development. I do a lot of personal development um, for what I do. And I really like learning from other people. And if you can shortcut something with somebody else's learning, then great, do it. I'm a firm believer in not reinventing the wheel and learning from other people's great lessons. So it was three sessions and out of the end of it, I came out of it and I was like, oh, okay, I can do this. Like, I can design garments and I can um, totally crack on with that. So what that has meant is that I um, have been working on, this one is knitted and oh, I just, it's so nice. It's, um, it's made from Peruvian alpaca yarn and I want to tell you about the box. I've had this yarn for oh, years now and I've just been waiting for the right thing to use with it. It's vintage Jaeger alpaca yarn. Now Jaeger like we're, um, we used to be based in Darlington in England and I don't think they do yarn anymore but for years like for decades they were one of the main yarn suppliers and I think I'm right in saying that they were like more prestigious than Rowan like they were one of the big companies but this alpaca is in an undyed kind of um, light to mid grey it's got the original old ball bands on it it smells old, not quite like a charity shop, but it's it's got that old smell. It's not musty, it just, you know it's aged. You know it's vintage. And um, yeah, I'm absolutely loving it. So it's British made, I'm using it out of stash, but I'm using this, um, this pattern. It's called Yumi by Isabel Kramer, it's knitted. And I'm using this as a bit of a practice piece to work out what I want from a garment because I know what my first garment is going to be that I want to design and so I'm using this as a means of just sitting and thinking about the design aspects that I want and I just I genuinely think it's quite healthy to have made a lot of garments before you start designing garments so that you have a fair indication of what is expected and um, yeah, I've just this morning cast off my first sleeve. I have already done all of the body. I just need to cast that off down at the rib at the bottom. And I started onto my second sleeve today. Um, so I'm hoping I might have this done by this weekend, but it's a yoked top, a yoked jumper, and it just has some really simple lace up at the top. Now there's another reason for me having done this as my practice piece is because the jumper that I want to make, I want to do it in crochet first and then I want to do it in knitting and it's going to be a crocheted lace jumper. So this is, like I say, this is a practice piece so that I'm cementing in my head what it is I want to be able to offer within my own um, garment patterns. And I will tell you now that my first one... Matthew's just coming and he's trying to sneak in and it's not working. What are you doing? Come on then. You're such such a pain. Pain. Right, I'm gonna continue and you can try and not be noisy. And now he's gone. Sorry about that. Um 
So the first crochet and knitted garment that I want to design is actually based on an existing design that I have and it's my positivity spiral cowl because it works with feely crochet and I, I can see it in my mind and I can just see how that pattern is going to work across a yoke and look hopefully amazing. So I'm going to be working on that through the through the summer and I can honestly say that had I not done the training on grading and garment sizing and like a subsequent amount of homework after that I wouldn't have had the confidence to even tackle a garment. I know if, I knew I wanted to for a number of years but I needed something to springboard me into it and the training was that something. So expect top garment patterns in my future, crochet and knit, and I'm particularly interested in um, doing the same pattern twice over. So that people who want it in knit have got it in knit, people who want it in crochet have got it in crochet, and hopefully it just elevates crochet again and makes the point that crocheted garments are a thing and you can get lovely fabric garments and it doesn't have to be like a bulky crochet it can be refined and drapey, so that's where I'm at. It's going to take months, don't expect anything soon, but in the background I will be working away on this process and hopefully I'll be able to share my progress with you and um, you know that I'm going to be doing it in all the sizes. Um, unfortunately, the Yumi pattern that I'm showing up here only goes up to a 2XL, I think it is. I really struggled. Like, there are certain things that I look for when I'm going out looking for a pattern. I want something that's off Ravelry. If I can support a BIPOC designer, then I will. That's often my first port of call. And I want something that's size inclusive, if I can. And I tried all of those things. And the pattern that I ended up with that I wanted... Um, to work from only goes up to a 2XL but I was able to get it off Ravelry it's quite hard to get all of those elements done and sorted the pattern that I really wanted to work from was a ranunculus and that goes all the way through the size ranges but you can only buy it on Ravelry so that was like a no-go and you end up sometimes trying to find like the, the lesser of the evils so I thought that off Rav and smaller sizing was the best one in this case, but um, yeah. Needless to say that when I do publish my patterns, they will be available off RAV, and they will be available across like XS up to 5XL. That is the plan. I've already lined my tech de de editor Deb up and said, just so you know, garments are coming which was met with a woohoo. So I think she's quite excited to be able to take edit more uh, garments as well, which is nice. So that is an en route. And what else do I have? There is also, I started my Frida shawl. And I want to know who else wants to join me. I'm suggesting that we have a very informal crochet along for the Frida shawl. 
and I know a couple of others want to join at least so does anybody else fancy it and if you do the design is by Jeanette at um, Air Crochet and she has very kindly given us a 20% discount code for anybody that wants to make the shawl. Um, the discount code is Frida Shawl Cal. I'll pop it in the show notes, I'll pop it in the drop down in um, Dropbox and when I pop this, that's a lot of pops, but <laughs> when I put a post about this on Instagram, I will also put the um, the discount code in there too because there's a direct link which already takes the 20% off or there's a coupon that you can, you can use to take the 20% off. Oh, this is such a nice shawl to work on. I have, I, I've literally just done the little beginnings of a triangle. I'm not very many rows in and I deliberately held back so that I could show you where I'd got to and that I wasn't massively ahead for those of you that would like to come and do a crochet along with me. I, I wanted you to feel like everybody else wasn't miles ahead. So I've held off on doing this and um yeah so if you fancy joining them please do i would love to crochet along with you and i, I might even do some kind of pop-ups in um in instagram and do some lives where you can come and crochet with me for kind of 20 minutes half an hour in the coming weeks um the yarn that i'm using for this is actually wool it is british wool and i am using off the cone one is a very dark charcoal grey and these are, it would be a four ply um, yarn and then the other is a light CG green which I seem to be using a lot of these colours at the moment. I think I'm just, I'm just drawn to them, I really enjoy them. Um, they've come from Woolly Knits and so it's British yarn that I'm using and I'm using a four and a half millimetre hook to make the shawl. Now, if you are watching this on YouTube, you you might be horrified by the number of ends that I have got on the shawl because the way that the pattern works is you're always working on the right side of the shawl. So you, you start with fresh yarn, you do your row and then you break that yarn and you go back to the right hand side of your right side again. And that's how you build up the shawl. You then have the chance to either keep this fringing on and make that part of the design feature or you can add a border and when you add the border you can trap the ends down and do it that way. I don't yet know which way, I mean, <laughs> let's be honest, I might keep the fringing. I think it's more likely that I'm going to crochet a border because this is like a lot of detail for me. <laughs> my, my brain does not do well with like lots of stuff going on in my eyes um, I, I like simplicity so it might be that the um, that this is just too much <laughs> I am holding this yarn double because um, that's what I need to get as a four ply from this cone so I've already wound some off into a ball and then so I'm working from a strand from the ball and a strand from the cone and that's what's given me my four ply with each of the colours and I love the pattern. Jeanette is a clever little bunny. I really like how she's done it. I like how the effect is working up in triangular, triangular, triangular motifs. 
and it's really clever it's really simple and it is really clever like I love what she's done with this um I've spoken before about the fact that when you're designing usually there is a numerical formula in the design in the stitch count in the way that it works out more often than not I find that that's what happens and there is very definitely a numerical formula in this shawl pattern for the way that the triangles work. Um, yeah, I'm I'm going to be putting some serious attention into this because we are going away on holiday soon and this, I'm hoping, is going to be one of the things that I take with me. It's going to be quite a big shawl and I always tend to travel with um, some form of big shawl because it becomes like a blanket, a pillow, a shawl when I'm out and about. It just does lots of things. So I'm, I always travel um, if we go away for a weekend or if I'm on a plane. A big shawl is like an essential thing, even in the middle of summer, because sometimes planes can be get really quite chilly. So that's when it's my blanket. Um, so I'm hoping that this will be my big shawl take when we go to Austria. But I need to get some serious hooking time into it. So, which means that I need to finish a jumper and then crack on with my Frida shawl. So hopefully some of you will want to come and join um, a Frida shawl crochet along. Like I say, it's very chilled. Like there are no deadlines. You uh, can just come and hook along with me and with the others that are joining in for it. Um, it just it just doesn't need to be speedy. It's a very easy pattern to pick up and put down. Um, so yeah, come and join us. Even if you want to buy the pattern and you're not ready yet to, and you don't want to do the cowl, but you like the look of the pattern, then um, you can, Jeanette's very happy for you to take full advantage of the 20% off. It's 50 krona which is about I think it's about five pounds for the pattern so the 20% off brings it down to four pounds um yeah so if you wanted to do that it is Frida Shawl Cal so F-R-I-D-A-S-H-A-W-L Cal and I'll link it out in all the places um yeah so that's my kind of crochet en route at the moment and then what else do I have? God, I've got so much stuff. Like uh, this, this um, table is strewn with crochet and knitting. The other things that I wanted to show you are some, these aren't things that I'm going to make and I'm not necessarily remaking them, but they are things that I feel like I need to make amendments to to make them more wearable. The first one is my Adelong jumper, which is another design by um, Diana Adide Designs, and like I love this wool. It's the um, British Blue 100 from Erica Knight in the mustardy coloured way. I really love the wool, but I made the jumper slightly too long, and I didn't do decreases in it. The pattern doesn't call for decreases, and the thing that I'm really learning about with making all of these garments is that my bust is so big that I really have to do waist shaping into jumpers for them to look good on me. That was an, the other thing that I was doing with my Yumi 
was testing out waist shaping because if I don't, all of the jumpers literally just hang off my bust. I end up with too many stitches at the back and it almost looks like I've sewn a hula hoop around the bottom of my jumpers and they just stay out like a tent that has been pegged out. It's not even a tent that is draping. They stay out like a tent that has been pegged out and it just, it just doesn't look good. And given how much time and effort I am putting into making garments, I want them to look good on my shape and on my body. So um, I am going to rip this back, my add-along. I'm going to put in some decreases and instead of having the split crochet rib um, waistband, I'm going to do a full rounds in knitted rib in a one by one rib instead because again that will pull it in a bit and it will make it sit on top of my hips the length of my add along at the moment just comes below my hips and um, there's not that much difference between my waist and my hips but garments look slightly better on me if they are just above my um, hip bone so in the next month I'm hoping to be able to put some work into this. I mean, even as I hold it up, you can see that it flares out um, at the bottom. And I just, I want to get more use out of this jumper, but I want it to be more flattering on my body shape. So I need to do some rejigging. But what I'm hoping to do is take some photos of it before and document the changes that I've made. So if anybody else is in a similar position, they've made a garment and they're not happy with it, then I can show you the changes I've made in case they are the changes that you would want to make as well. So I want to do that for um, a crocheted garment and I also want to do the same for a knitted jumper that I have. Now my issue with this knitted jumper is pretty much the same but also I made it, um, it's too short. <laughs> so I need to pick up stitches just under the bust, uh, maybe just a little bit above, put in some waist shaping and then in doing that I will gain some yarn back. I do have another um, skein of this though but I will get some yarn back and I will be able to make the body longer and that will make me want to wear it um, because of how short it is at the moment and I do like a crop sweater but it's so short it it's pretty much okay on the front and it really kicks out at the back. Again, it's that kind of hula hoop thing. And so by adding the waist shaping in, making it longer, hopefully I can counteract that because it fits really nicely on the sleeves. I love it across the bust. It fits really nicely over the top. I like the collar. I like everything about this jumper other than the fact that it is too short and it kicks out too much. So again, waist shaping. I wouldn't have known all of this stuff though had I not made garments because making garments is really different from going to a shop and buying them. Um, so you kind of, it's good to know what suits and what doesn't. But I also don't want garments that are sitting in my wardrobe as kind of practice pieces. Like I've spent money on the wool and the yarn and I've spent a lot of hours making them. I want to actually be able to wear them as well. So I have some me mending to do. I'm kind of like, quotation marks say mending because it is mending in a sense but more more than that it's like a restructure I guess it's not that they've got a hole that needs to be darned I need to 
physically restructure the garments to make them more usable for me. So that is what I will be up to. I don't think I'll get both of them done by next month, but I will uh, see how we get on with them. Uh, what else am I going to be working on? Um, I've got a couple of magazine commissions, quite chunky magazine commissions to work on, so they're going to consume quite a bit of my March and April. And I also want to start working on a blog post that I spoke about many months ago, which is all about crocheting with plant-based yarns. So I'm going to start on that work as well. And I might there are some of the things I might take on holiday with me because I will just be working up swatches. It'll be really like an easy thing to do because it's just going to be 15 centimetre by 15 centimetre squares. So... Um, yeah, more more in detail, in depth blog posts coming. Um, for the plant based yarns one, it's just one that I'm going to keep on adding to because I've got so many different yarns to test and show you with that one. Um, I think that's it. I think that's it for on route. That feels like quite a lot. So on to feeding the habit. I had a little bit of yarn arrive. It was yarn that I ordered and although I didn't have any plans to buy yarn, I bought this for a very specific reason. Um, my friend Sheila at Dye Ninja stopped selling yarn and obviously with the pandemic I haven't seen her for ages and I haven't seen her at yarn shows but she some time ago brought out a new blend which was North Ronaldsey wool which is one of my favourite sheep breeds and it was mixed with um, Falklands Merino so it's 70% North Ron, 30% Falklands Merino and I'd never managed to come and squidge it because pandemic I hadn't I hadn't seen her and then I got the Instagram post saying that she um, for various reasons was shutting up shop and so she put on this mega sale and I took full advantage of it and got a jumper's quantity of that North Ronaldsay and Merino yarn. It's a sport weight one. You, you can't get it now. She has literally shut up shop, which is why there's no point in me providing links because it's not going to do anything. But it is incoming yarn. And the colours that I got, one is undyed and it is called Oat Cakes which is pretty good because um, we have a lot of, although she probably means Scottish oatcakes because Sheila is Scottish, um, it makes me think of Staffordshire oatcakes, which is a very localised delicacy um, in this area. And the other colour that I got is called seaweed and it is a proper dark seaweedy green. Um, and I'm actually thinking, <laughs> this is so unlike me, but I'm actually thinking I'm going to make myself a Christmas jumper, like a colour work. When I say Christmas jumper, I probably just mean that it's going to have trees on it. But I'm going to, I think I'm going to make myself a colour work jumper that will do as a Christmas jumper um, in these two yarns. I, I just, basically she put all of her stuff on at half price and I really wanted to try this yarn, knowing fully that I would never be able to get it again. But I love North Ronaldsay wool so much that I just wanted to do it. And I also wanted to support Sheila on her journey of like selling everything up and um, doing different things with her life. So 
a jumper's quantity. I think I got five of the oat cakes and two of the seaweed. And then she also had this really interesting blend for socks, which is 50% cordial, which is lovely soft fibre, and 50% British mohair, which is just lustrous and lovely and fibrous. But the mix of those two things gives you quite um, almost like a silkiness in this in this yarn. It's beautiful. And it's been um, lightly dyed with, uh, I think, just the natural colours and then a grey. I don't think it's going to stripe, but it's going to give quite an interesting effect. And these will become knitted socks. I've only got 100 grams of it, so I can't crochet socks. So if I do, it will be shorty socks. I'm most likely going to knit with it on quite a tight gauge because there's no nylon in this and I want to get good wear out of them. Um, but I'm just intrigued to see how this works up now i don't think that this yarn was specific to sheila at dye ninja i have seen other dyers that do a very similar blend to this so i think it is one that is available from the kind of commercial um yarn suppliers undyed yarn suppliers so if you're interested have a look out because other people i think have this blend like i said it's 50% cordial, 50% mohair and it's 395 metres per 100 grams, so really decent finger and weight, great for socks. And the colourway that I've got is called Beowulf. And I'm looking forward to getting this on. I thought that this might come with me on holiday, and it might yet. Um, yeah, I showed it to Matthew and he was a bit like, well, that's nice. He's not getting it there for me. He might, I might give out. We've got the same size feet. To be fair, he could just steal them from me. It'll be fine. Um. So yeah, the, I'm not going to link to these because like I say, you can't get these from Sheila anymore. Dan Ninja is no longer as of a couple of days ago. So um, I just, I wanted to support her and I'm really sad to see her, see her go. But quite a few yarn dyers have shut up shop over the last few months. Um, it's quite difficult out there. It's a difficult arena um, to try and operate in. It's a lot of hard work. Um, and yeah. Just sad to, sad to see another one go. On to quick news bits. Um, global hookups this month are going to be on the 19th and the 20th of March. So the 19th is Saturday night at 8 o'clock. And the 20th of March... <laughs> I'm checking my notes because I'm awful with dates. It's all GMT. So Greenwich Mean Time... 9 o'clock on the Sunday morning. I hope to see you there. It's on Zoom. Details are on Mighty Networks. I put them up on stories as well. And they'll be in the show notes for you too. Um, so it'd be lovely to, to see you there. We've had some new faces recently, which is really nice to see that people... It's a very welcoming um, group of people. And I try to run it in a way that involves everybody that wants to be involved. And if you're a little bit shyer, then I try and look out for that too and let you go at your own pace. But it's it's a lovely welcoming group. It'd be really nice to, to see you there. Um, the other thing that I wanted to update you on is I spoke last month about making changes to the podcast. I asked uh, my lovely patrons what they thought about what I was going to suggest. And what came back loud and clear was um, two things really. One, I was looking to potentially come away from YouTube 
and uh, the message on that was that would be a real shame because this is where a lot of people watch um, watch the podcast from. So I'm not going to tell you what I was going to do. I'm just going to tell you that I'm going to keep the podcast video element on YouTube. So I will keep on doing this. You will keep on seeing me here. Audio is going nowhere. Audio was never going anywhere because there are so many of you that listen to the podcast. So that is not going to change. What is going to change, however, are the show notes because they take a horrendous amount of time. And when I looked at the stats, a lot of my time has been spent on show notes and not enough people are going to the show notes for me to warrant that time out for there. And I think I can use that time to better serve the podcast and the crochet community. So what I'm not proposing is that I spend less time on the podcast. I just want to rejig where that time is spent. So the show notes are now going to move to a really basic format, which means I don't have to type up notes. I don't have to um, do the imagery for them and everything that goes along with that. I mean, it really does take a long time to get the links to do all the stuff. It's just a lot of time for something that less than 5% of you are going to go and look at. So instead, what I'm going to do is try and just get better at Instagram and popping my projects up on Instagram and linking to the designers and the yarn brands on Instagram. So while links will be in the show notes, it will pretty much be links only under each of the headings of the podcast and I will raise my game on Instagram. The time that I then save from getting show notes together and doing some of the other elements, I want to put into doing interviews and chats on Instagram as lives as a separate entity, part of the podcast, but not necessarily something that will go out on audio unless I think that will work well, in which case I'll put it out on audio too. Those interviews would never come up onto YouTube though because I would be going from a portrait format into the landscape format of YouTube and it just, it won't work and I don't think anybody would be satisfied by that. So I can get the audio out of um, Instagram Lives, but I just need to check and make sure they are good enough because when I'm doing something like that, I'm also dependent on the other person's audio at the other end. So I don't want to overpromise and then not be able to deliver on that. So they're going to live on um, the grid on Instagram and then we'll see if they go anywhere else. One of the other suggestions that came through from um, Patreons was that maybe I do the premiere on um, YouTube, which means that you can watch the podcast at a specific time and I can be there and we can be chatting together. So that that to me feels like a really good way of encouraging crochet community. And that's something that I will look to do in the coming months. I don't want to do it just yet. It might be something that I do after my August break. And um, for now, I want to plough a bit of time and effort into um, getting the interviews, having the chats on Instagram, because I think that's interesting. And I would also like to do more informal like crafting sessions and maybe some more formal crafting sessions. So you might be able to catch me at a specific time of day every other week. So it might be that it's podcast and then two weeks later, it's like a crafting session. So... There's more to come. That's what I mean to say is that let's rejig um, where my time is spent 
and make it more community focused rather than doing stuff that people aren't really um, reacting to. So hopefully you will see them all as good changes. And if you are looking for the show notes side of things, basically look to Instagram because that is where I will be putting all of the information from now on in other than basic links in the standard show notes. Newsletters will still come out, you'll still get all the links, so that side of things won't change either. But uh, hopefully, hopefully you don't mind the changes and it will suit you and it will suit, um, suit what it is that I want to do for our crochet community. My final quick news beat is a bit random, but um, because I've been doing a lot of content stuff and blog posting this week, I finally put up a recipe that um, I think I've spoken about with a few of you before for my Florida Jack recipe. Uh, I'll link to it. There's a blog post in there. Um, it's like a mashup between a flapjack, which I do not like, and um, a Florentine kind of flavour, which I love and adore. And um, they're quite naughty, but they are gluten-free um, because it's um, oat-based. And uh, you, I, I make them for Matthew when he's going up hills. And I also make them for me when I'm going around yarn shows because they're great little energy boosts. Um, so there's a couple of different recipes up there for you. If you're looking for a little healthy unhealthy snack and um, they also freeze really well so if you want something just to be able to nibble at from uh, take from the freezer defrost quickly and then eat when you're out and about they are a really good option uh, for that Matthew is off walking over the next couple of weekends hence why I finally wrote up the recipe and got them in but also one of his walking buddies has been pretty much begging for the recipe since I made them some last time they went walking and also my nephew has been asking for it as well because he's taken up walking. So, uh, yeah, it was a high demand recipe um, and one that I've, this is how good they are. I've had to move the frozen bags of floral jacks, that's what I call them, into our outside freezer because <laughs> I was just like getting up and then defrosting one and eating one. And the other day I ate three of them and that is just ridiculous. So... I promise you they are very Moorish and you can just add whatever fruits and stuff you want into them. But yeah, recipe is up on the blog if you want some little energy bar floral jacks in your life. Um, right, I think that is everything. I think that is episode 74 wrapped. Um, I hope you have a lovely March and that you get as much crafting in as possible. As much crochet in as possible. Would love to have you come and join the Friedrichal Crochet Along. Very chilled, very informal. So if you fancy that, come and uh, let me know. And uh, yeah, it'd be nice to have you along for that. Right, have a fabby month and I shall see you all in April. And maybe a little bit in between <laughs> on Instagram. I am waving. Bye bye.